good day, everybody. I'm so excited to be able to engage you. This is day five of our 21-day Word Fast, and I want to welcome you, whether this is a good morning, whether this is a good afternoon, or whether this is a good night, no matter where you are in the globe and you're receiving this message, we welcome you to this fast. We're so grateful that you're joining us, and we're grateful that you're passing the word along to others. We welcome you. I believe God has a word for you on today, so I want you to open your ears, and I want you to open your hearts, because we have to deal with today's subject if we're going to focus on silence word cursings in week one. We have to deal today from the subject swords, knives, and bitter words. What is it that God would like to share with us and reveal to us today from our passage in Psalms chapter 64? But before we get there, I just want to remind you uh, this Saturday, at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, we will be having a live Zoom call, question and answer. No matter what question you have, we want to ask and answer those this week, whether it has something to do with uh, our messages or whether you are having challenges as you're going through this fast or you have testimonies you want to share, join us. Perhaps you just want the fellowship. Tune in for 30 minutes as we uh, have conversation, dialogue, and we fellowship. The second thing, no matter who you are, where you are, fifth day, fourth day, first day, the devil is going to try to sow seeds of discouragement and disappointment in you. And I want you to be aware of that because he's going to try to uh, sow a lie into your ears that says something like this. I'm not getting what I was expecting to get from this fast, so I'm not going to be committed to it. I want you to bind the devil. I want you to bind every lie that he's trying to sow in your ears. I want you to remain connected and committed to see this fast to the end because God has something for you. You want more of God? Guess what? God wants more of you. The last thing is this. I want to pray with you. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your might. We thank you for your glory. For every person under the sound of my voice, meet us at our place of our greatest need. You know what we need. You know what we need to hear. You know what we need in our lives. Let the meditation of our hearts and the words flowing from our mouths be acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join me at Psalms chapter 64. There's a word for you on today. David the king is writing. He's praying a prayer to God. And I want, I want us to peer in and observe and examine this prayer that he shares with God. David the king writes, Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life because I'm afraid of my enemies. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity. In verse three, he says, those who sharpen their tongue like swords and bend their bows like uh, to shoot their arrows, their bitter words. And he says that they may shoot in secret 
at the blameless, suddenly they shoot and they have no fear. They encourage themselves in the evil matter. They talk of laying snares in secret. They say, who will see us? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme, they say. Then David says this, both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep, but God himself will shoot his arrows and suddenly strike them down. He concludes his prayer. Their tongues will ruin them and all who see them will shake their heads at their scorn. David is on the run for his life. David is pleading to God for help. And the unique or the intriguing thing about this text is that as David writes this prayer, as David prays this prayer to God, he begins to liken words as swords. He begins to describe and compare how words can be just like swords. He's saying, Lord, help me because those who are plotting against me, their tongues, their words are sharp like swords. I like the text. And then he talks about how not only are words like swords, they're like, they're like knives, depending on your translation. But he says words that they use are like arrows in the bow and arrow. He talks about how words are like knives, like swords, and like arrows. And here's the question. Even when I read the text, it says, and they shoot these arrows in secret. And suddenly, as they're shooting them in secret, they become bold. They don't have any more fear. What if, if words are like arrows, what could David mean when he says that they now shoot their arrows in secret? And now that they're shooting their arrows in secret, they are bold and they have no fear. That's the question. When he talks about his enemies shooting or using their words, and their words are bitter, their words are angry, their words are filled with pain. He talks about how their arrows are like, how their, how their words are like arrows, and they shoot them, they begin to shoot these arrows in secret. And as they're shooting the arrows in secret, they become bold, they have no fear. When he begins to talk about that, he begins to talk about how people direct their words towards someone covertly instead of in the open. Let me say it again. When he's using the analogy of words, words are like arrows, but people begin to shoot the arrows in 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 secret, in, in secret. And when he says that he's talking about those his enemies who are using their words towards him and towards other people covertly instead of using their words in the open. Uh -uh. Let me make it a little more clear. What he's saying is, he's talking about how people talk, how people use their words talking about someone else, talking about him or talking about someone else without that person's knowledge. When he says they begin to shoot their arrows in secret and as they're shooting their arrows in secret, they don't fear. If arrows are words and he says they're using their words in secret, 
He's saying they're beginning to talk in covertly, in secret, instead of talking about whoever they're talking about. In this case, me, he's saying in secret instead of in public towards me. Uh, what David is talking about is gossip. I, I, maybe you saw this one coming. They begin to shoot their arrows in secret. And as they're shooting their arrows, as they're talking about me, as they're talking about the innocent in secret, they begin to become bold because when you're gossiping behind the scenes and that person who you're talking about is not present, you get to talk all the way and, and skew all the facts. You begin to talk about other people without their knowledge. Just follow me. He's talking about gossip because when you gossip, you don't have any fear. I'll keep talking. Most of us, when we read this text, when we first read this text and we talk, we saw how David was talking about his enemies and his enemies were talking about him, his enemies who are plotting against him, his enemies who are using words against him. We immediately, we immediately put ourselves in the position of David. But I want you to slow down and pump your brakes for a moment. The quintessential or the, the question that I have to present to you on today is not are you David? But are you the person David is talking about? He's talking about the person and the people who are using their words, crafting their words and talking about other people covertly, meaning they're talking about someone instead of talking to that someone. And when you have a conversation about any one person without that person's knowledge, instead of talking to that person, that is actually filed away as gossip. Whether you wanna argue with me or not, let me be the messenger. Take up your complaints with God. So here's the question. When was the last time you had a conversation about somebody else in secret that never became public. The text says they began to shoot their arrows in secret, becoming bold without fear, talking in secret, talking behind clothes. When was the last time you had a conversation about any one person without that person's knowledge? I'm going to hit everybody, end up in anybody's, uh, everybody's address. It seems harmless, but don't let your tongue ruin you. Talking about someone or using bitter words harmful words, painful words, angry words about anybody, whether they offended you or, or not. Talking about any person without that person being uh, present is actually filed away as gossip. I know you don't want to hear this, but let me help you. He talks about how they're using their words as swords and their knives and their arrows and all of the words coming out of your mouth are cutting people and the people aren't there, but you're cutting people with your words. But why? That's the question that leads us to Proverbs chapter 15, verse four, which says a wounded. Well, now let, let me read. Let me, it says a, it says gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. That's um, 
one translation, but I'm going to get to the actual translation that I believe is accurate as possible. Another translation says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. But the actual translation, because most of us read that verse and we hear it and we see it. And, it, and I preached this before. We see it and we see a gentle tongue is a tree of life. No, no. When you look at this actual literal translation, it literally reads a healed tongue. It literally means a healed tongue is a tree of life and perverseness in it actually causes a breach in the spirit, an opening or a wound in the spirit. And when you look at the original translation, when it talks about healing, a healed tongue is a tree of life. It also gives the depiction or the description of a physician who is actually sowing a tongue and helping a tongue or sowing a person or helping to heal a person. So if we really want to look at this translation, this translation, it's in other words saying a healed tongue is not necessarily a tree of life, but a healed tongue heals people. This physician is helping to sew up a wound, bringing you back to life, helping you to heal. So when we look at the text, and it helps to tie in with the text for today, a healed tongue, not a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but a healed tongue heals people. And this is what we learn. A wounded spirit will always produce wounded words. Write that down. A wounded spirit will always Render or produce wounded words. He says their words are like swords. Their words are cutting. Their words are causing wounds. Lord, I need your help. These people who are who are actually gossiping and, and spilling untruths and they're talking about me. God, it hurts. Did you know gossiping hurts the person that you're talking about? I, I, you, let me just preach it to you. A healed tongue gives life. But perverseness in it actually causes a breach, a wound in the spirit. And the reason why we continue to pro produce wounded words is because our spirit has wounds and our spirit hasn't been healed. The reason that you keep gossiping, the reason that you keep complaining, the reason that you're so negative and you keep asking the question, why am I so negative? Because there is a wound in your spirit and until that wound is healed, you will continue to produce wounded words. Gossiping towards people, gossiping towards people is actually wounded words and wounded words are produced from a wounded spirit. I got a few minutes and then I'll bid you because I still got to get to the point of today. It's pervert, perverse words, perverse words. What does it mean by perverse words? Perverse words. It literally means twisting something in order to change its original shape. To change something from its original shape. Perverseness 
therein, perverseness in your tongue is actually a breach in the spirit. And perverseness means to twist something in order to change its original shape, to alter the original purpose of something, your words, when you alter the original purpose of something, your perverse, your, your tongue is perverse. When you're altering, it means to turn something around from its original purpose. So wherever there is a perverse tongue, meaning whenever there is something not, or something not used for the right reason, it is the result of of a broken spirit. I know you don't want to hear this, but unless I tell you this, you will continue to try to fix yourself, your own self, but it's more than works. It's more than your power. You have to submit your tongue to the power of God, but you must know that your spirit has a hole or holes in it. And that's the reason why you continue to produce unholy words. I, 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 if you have a problem with being negative, if you have a problem with negative self-talk, perverseness, perverseness, because God did not ordain for you to talk in the way that you talk about yourself and to yourself. Perverseness, you're talking about people. God didn't ordain for you to talk negatively about people. God wants you to be life-giving to other people. So your tongue is becoming perverted. But when your tongue is perverted, it is revelation that there is a hole or a wound or a crevice in your spirit. And I got to bid you a good morning, but hold on, hold on. Some people wonder why they're so negative. It's not something that you can change on your own. It's something that you need to surrender and submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. Get this. One reason why you're negative. One reason why you continue to gossip about people and talk about people in their absence. Is because your spirit is wounded. Number two. Because your tongue needs to be delivered. And number three, because you're not discipling your mouth or discipling your mouth is not a priority in your life. The reason why you're so negative is because your spirit is wounded. Your tongue has yet to be delivered. You, hasn't, you haven't surrendered your tongue to the Lord. And because discipling your mouth has not been a priority. Because when you gossip, you begin to use your words and you begin to alter how someone else is seen through the eyes of somebody else. That makes gossip very similar to witchcraft. When you gossip, you begin to paint pictures about other people or someone else that begins to alter their shape. You begin to shape, you begin to become a shape shifter. You begin to, to alter the shape of the picture of someone else. And here's the thing. This is true. I heard, I believe, Matthew Stevenson, but it's the truth. Nobody does an altar call to gossipers. I know you want to hear something else, but if I don't talk to the gossipers, because 99.9% .9 of us on this line have talked about somebody or currently right now texting or about to text something about someone and that person doesn't know you're talking about them. But there is never or very seldom an altar call for gossipers. Why? Because in this context and in this culture, we've begun to believe that gossiping is a necessary evil or a necessary sin. 
but God is calling you, me, and everyone else. He's calling us out and he's calling us away from the spirit of gospel gossip. I want you to begin to pay attention to the conversations that you have about other people when that when that person or those people are not present. And until you begin to investigate the deep hurt that gossiping calls to the person who is targeted by it, you'll never really know how painful gossip is. And this is why Ephesians 4, 29 says, and I bid you a good morning, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, that means building up people according to the need for that moment so that it will give grace to every person who hears it. Ephesians 4.29 needs to be a passage that you commit to your memory. Every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be for the purpose of building somebody up. And if the words coming out of your mouth are not for the edification of somebody else, it's a good chance that the words are to tear somebody down. And he, the Bible, the word is telling us what we should do. And get this, I'm one minute and 30 seconds over. The conversations you need to avoid are this. The conversations you need to avoid. You need to avoid the conversations that you can't repeat in the open. Avoid having conversations that can't be repeated in the open. Avoid, number two, conversations that are not consistent with your destiny. And number three, avoid people who are having conversations about other people to you. Because here's the deal. If they're having conversations about other people to you, they'll end up having conversations about you to other people. May God keep you and may God bless you this morning. Swords, knives, and bitter words. Don't be in the situation where you're having a conversation about someone else in secret. If you want to talk about someone, talk about that something to that person. In the name of Jesus, may God keep you today. Amen. You all be at peace. May God continue to keep you. You can be dismissed. You can be dismissed. You all have a wonderful day. Um, Look at the study guide and really spend time on the study guide and make sure you write in your journals and ask God to speak to you to give clarity about today's text. Swords, knives, and bitter words. <laughs>